high already, but I'm grateful to the Lord for the opportunity to be here. Thank you, Pastor Ron and Pastor Brenda and your whole family and the leadership of this church for having me come here today. Thank you for trusting me that I have a word from the Lord for God's people. And uh, I want to appreciate uh, both of you for making me feel welcome and feeling a part of this family. And uh, I'm excited today about what God has in store for each one of us. And Pastor Ron, thank you for obeying the voice of God when you did, when you had the voice of God many years ago. As a result of your obedience, many sons and daughters have come into the kingdom, not only in this country, but in other parts of the world. And I want you to know that God is with you all the way. Can you help me appreciate our pastor with a good clap? I would, I would like to bring greetings from uh, uh, Musa's family this morning. Uh, Bishop Musa, uh, you all know him. He's my father as well because I'm, uh, I married his daughter and uh, received greetings from that family. And this morning I spoke with Sarah and Sarah told me not to forget to say what I'm about to say. Sarah, uh, Sarah told me to thank all of you for adopting Sarah's House Center and putting Sarah's House Center as, uh, as part of your mission field. And uh, Sarah said, let the church know that I really appreciate the support that they send us. Uh, she said, let the church know that we really appreciate uh, that you, you support, feed the children, educate the children, clothe the children, and also help uh, the mothers of these children. She specifically said that uh, you have taken a whole lot of stress out of her life because uh, many times, and this uh, for 16 years we have been running Sarah's house, uh, for 16 years, we are going to 17 years now, and uh, we've had all manner of stress. But what kept us going is the burden that the Lord gave us for these little children. And what you do in this church for Sarah's house and many other, uh, many other uh, children all over the world, you, have, you are taking away a whole great load of stress of worrying what the children will eat, what the children will wear, and um, the mothers of these children are now, you know, whenever they get sick and they cannot be able to buy medication, uh, Sarah's House Center has been able to come in through your help to enable these mothers get some kind of treatment. So we really appreciate your support, and we are praying that the Lord will continue to bless you, that God will continue to increase you, and also to let you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Amen? Can we appreciate the Lord together? Are you ready for the word? Would you please turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter number 7. For a few minutes that I have today, I want to share the word of the Lord with us from the book of Deuteronomy chapter number 7. Let's look at verse number 6 to verse number 9. I like to read from the King James Version. Deuteronomy chapter number 7, verse number 6 to verse number 9. 
The Bible says, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself, above all people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you are more in number than any people, for ye were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you, and because he, has, uh, he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand, and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord thy God he is God, the faithful God which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments for a thousand generations. Father God in heaven, we thank you for the reading of your word. I ask that you anoint me, Lord, and use me as a vessel this time. I pray, O oh God, that your word will come forth with clarity and with power. And I pray that as I teach and preach your word, Signs, wonders, and miracles will take place in our midst. Heal the sick. Encourage those that are downtrodden. And I pray, O oh Lord, that you receive all glory today in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout amen. amen. I want to bring the word of the Lord and I title my topic, The Faithful God. Can you say The Faithful God? Amen. This portion of scripture that we have just read... This is a time when Israel is about to enter the promised land after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And during this time, a rebellious generation is dying off. Uh, before they can be allowed to enter the land of the promise, Moses begins to deliver a series of sermons to this generation, to the people of God. Now, the content of this book of Deuteronomy was given to uh, uh, the children of Israel during the last month of Moses' life. Moses does not have an idea that he's going to be out within a month. Just like all of us don't know when until when we are going to be in this world. But I believe that Moses had an unction. I believe Moses had a push to begin to speak to this generation important sermons and important details that they needed to hear. What Moses is giving to this generation uh, during the wilderness wanderings, he's giving a message to people who were either very young when they were coming out of the land of Egypt, or these were people who were born during the wilderness wanderings. So they were not there when the law was first given to Israel. And that is why the book of Deuteronomy means the book of the second law. In other words, Deuteronomy is a restatement of the law of God. It is being given again, not a different law, but the same law that was given uh, to their forefathers is being restated again. Now, this generation needed to know that God was with them. 
How many of you know that when you know that God is with you, you are confident, you are happy, you, you are encouraged to continue doing the work of the Lord? You see, every time I have an assurance that God is with me, I am confident uh, when I'm serving God. And therefore, this generation needed to know that God was with them just as he had promised their fathers. Now remember, they are about to face the fight of their lives. It is not going to be easy getting to the promised land. So they needed divine assurance. They needed to know that they could depend on God. You know, I always want to be able uh, to have some kind of assurance that I can depend on God. Because there are so many things that are happening today in the world. I need an assurance every, every single day that I can depend on God as I face my struggles and challenges and sometimes even enemies. You know, we all have enemies one way or the other. But we always want to have some kind of assurance that we can depend on God. And you see, when you have an assurance that you can depend on God, it is always going to be easy for you to be able to commit yourself to the Lord. I have realized that a lot of people have difficulty committing themselves to God simply because they do not have that assurance that God is with them. But because we know that God is with us, we are able to commit our lives to the Lord. Now, the passage that we have just read identifies to the Israelites that their God is a faithful God. Now, when you know that God is a faithful God, there are a number of things that will, be, will take effect. You know, when I know that my God is a faithful God, just like the children of Israel, I am now able to rest in Him. It is very important that every one of us will be able to rest in God. Lift up your hand and say, I rest in God. When we know that God is a faithful God, we will be able to trust His Word. A lot of people have a difficulty trusting in His Word. But we need to be able to trust in His Word and it is going to be easy when we have an understanding that God is a faithful God. We will be able to trust His Word. We will also be able to believe in His promises. And we will be able to depend on the power of God. I want to tell you this morning that I stand before you today uh, with this understanding that God is a faithful God. And because over the years, since 1995, when the Lord appeared to me and called me into the ministry, he told me that I can depend on him because he's a faithful God. And I'm here to tell you that God has been faithful since 1995 all the way until this morning. God is a faithful God. I can rest in him. I can trust in his word. I can believe in his promises. And I can depend on the power of God. Somebody shout amen. amen. And tell you what, God will see you through whatever comes your way. God will see you in whatever you go through. There is nothing too hard for God. God will see you through. God will carry you all the way. And we need this kind of reminder today because we are living in days when the people of God need to be sure that they can trust in God. Everybody here today, this morning, 
and those that are listening to us online, everybody needs to be sure that they can trust in the Lord. And I want to show you in the, in, in the passage that, uh, that we have just read how God is a faithful God because there are reasons that are given in this text that we just read that demonstrate the truth that our God is a faithful God. Now, would you lift up your hand with me and say, my God, my God. is a faithful God. Now, one more time, my God is a faithful God. Now, I want you to forget about everything else that is not working out in your life. And I want you to think about how faithful God is. One of the most important things we need to understand, and I like to call them the three Ps, the three letter Ps. One way that God shows or demonstrates his faithfulness to us is through his passion. God is faithful in his passion for his people. And I want you to know that God's passion is real. You see, God's passion is not like a man's passion. Sometimes we say how passionate we are towards one another. But when trouble comes, our passion reduces. We say we are passionate about somebody because of what they have done to us. Or what they have fed us. Or what they have said about us. But I want you to know God's passion is real. God's passion is real. You see, Moses told the children of Israel what God said. And he told them, God says, that he has set his love upon you. God has set his love upon you. In other words, God has passionately desired a thing for you. You see, this verse clearly states that God loves his people. God has set his heart on the people of Israel, and God took every necessary step to bring, uh, he, to bring them to himself. You see, that's how God does it. Sometimes we do not even have the ability to draw ourselves to God. But God has a way of reaching out to you and drawing you to himself. You see, the, the love, the passion of God is so real. The Bible talks about his love being everlasting. Jeremiah talks about it in Jeremiah 31 verse 3. The Lord has appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee unto myself. Look at how his love is everlasting. His love is so expensive. More expensive than anything. He had to shed his blood to show his love. And what does the Bible say in Romans 5, 8? But God commendeth his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, Christ died for me when I was yet a sinner. He did not die for me because I was a good man. In fact, God died for me because I was so terrible I needed help. He died for me while I was yet a sinner. So his love is everlasting, his love is expensive, and his love is extensive. 
That is why John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, God's love is real in Africa. God's love is real in America. God's love is real in Asia. God's love is real in Australia. God's love is real everywhere. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Somebody say amen. amen. And you see, God has a way he reacts his love towards his people all the time. He reacts his love in different ways. He shows it. The Bible says in Ephesians 1:4, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. God will always manifest his love to you. That's how faithful God is when it comes to his passion towards you. Can you say thank you, Jesus? And you see, God does what he does, expressing his love to you because of his will. Amen? What did he tell the children of Israel? He loved them. He, did, he does what he does in your life because he loves you. He loves you. I do everything I do for Sarah, my wife, of 23 years, going to 24 this December the 5th. Everything I do for her is because I love her. Everything God does for you is because he loves you. And another thing you need to understand, everything he does in expressing his faithfulness, in his passion towards you, is because of his word. God is always tied in his word. He does what he does for you because of his word. Amen? You see, the Lord tells them that another reason for his grace towards them had to do with his promises to their fathers. You see, God made some very specific promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And on the basis of those promises, God kept his word and redeemed Israel. God will always redeem you because of the promises he made with your forefathers. And I like to bring it down to where we are. I know right now my parents are ministers of the gospel for many years. My dad is, turned, is, turned, is 75 years this year. So they have been in the ministry for many years. But I know one thing, that God has promises he made with my father and my mother. And when I enjoy the blessings of God, when I enjoy the favor of God, when I enjoy the protection of God, I don't take it for granted. I know there are promises that God made with my parents, and that's why I'm enjoying the blessings of God. Somebody say amen. amen. God did not save me because he saw something good in me. In fact, Romans chapter 3, verse 10, all the way downwards, talks about how wretched we are. God did not save us because he saw anything good in us. God did not save us because he saw how, what an asset we would be for his kingdom. We had nothing to offer. But God saved us, changed us. He made us what we are today. Now we are profitable for the kingdom of God. And that is why we are touching lives all over the world. Somebody say amen. That's why you are touching children in Africa. That is why you are touching the generations in Asia. You are touching people all over the world with the love of Jesus Christ. 
God did not save me based on anything I did or said or prayed or even possessed. I had nothing I possessed. But look what the Lord has done. Has the Lord done great things to you? That's the faithfulness of God. God is faithful in his passion for you. Somebody say amen. Very quickly, secondly, God is faithful in his performance for his people. You see, God will always do something. He always performs. Our God is a performer. Our God is a performer. You see, he desires good things for you. He says, I have set my love upon you. You see, God always delivers us. You cannot even imagine how God has delivered you over the years. Some of the things God does that we cannot see are awesome. God protects you on the highways when you're driving. God protects you from death. God protects you from accident. That is the love of God. He's faithful in his performance for his people. Amen? So God, God desires good things for you. God delivers you and God also develops you. Everybody here has a testimony of how far the Lord has brought you to where you are now. There are struggles you used to go through through five years ago. You don't go through those struggles anymore because of God's faithfulness. God has been good to you. The Bible talks about us growing from one level of glory to the other. We grow from faith to faith, from grace to grace, amen, from favor to favor, amen. God has done us so wonderful things, amen. He tells, he, you see, God called the Israelites a holy people, a special people. You see, holy people denotes that you are a saint. Can you lift up your hand and say, I'm a saint, Oh, some of you didn't say it right. Do you really believe you're a saint? Can you lift up your hand and say, I'm a saint? Oh, glory to God. My name is Elliot. People have trouble saying Elliot, so you can call me El. But tell you what, something about this El, you see, his, his name is Saint El. His sins are forgiven. God has developed you as well. Amen. You are God's treasure. He has done so much for you, and I'm trying to cut it short. Let's go to number three. God is faithful in his promises towards you. Can you say amen? Don't you love the promises of God? You see, God has spoken wonderful promises in his word. And you see, God will always be faithful in his promises to his people. He's faithful because of his name. He told them, I am the Lord thy God, the faithful God. You see, when the Bible talks about the Lord thy God, that is the covenant name of God. He is the Lord, your God. He said, I am the Lord thy God. Covenant name of God, the eternal one, the self-existent one. Guess what? That eternal God, that self-existent God, He is your God, the faithful God. Somebody say amen. amen. And He is the one who keeps, he keeps faith with His people. In other words, He does whatever He says He will do. Everything God has said to you that He will do, you better count on it. Because He will do it. Come on, say He's faithful. Let me close by saying this, the God we serve is a faithful God. I repeat again, the God we serve is a faithful God. 
He's faithful in his promises. Amen. His faithfulness is unlimited. The Bible says thy faithfulness reaches unto the clouds. The God we serve is a faithful God. His faithfulness is unfailing. The Bible says, nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly, uh, utterly take from him nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. Glory to God. His faithfulness is a glimpse unto his character. You see, God will always reveal his character to you by his faithfulness. That's why the Bible says, Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, in Isaiah 49 verse 7, and his Holy One, to him whom man despises, to him whom the nation abhorreth, to a servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise, and princes also shall worship because of the Lord that is faithful. Amen. Our God is a faithful God. Somebody say amen. amen. The God we serve is a faithful God. His faithfulness is abounding. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Why? Because his compassion faileth not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And he is faithful to help his people. I don't know who I came to speak to this morning, but I want you to know God is faithful to help you. I have seen God helping me. I've seen God helping us. And I know you are a testimony of God's help. God will help you. Amen? He is faithful to those he saves. He's faithful. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus. Faithful is he that calleth you. Amen. Can you say Amen. amen. And I want you to know he's faithful in the forgiveness of sins. He's faithful. Pastor Ron, there's a scripture that says, if we have fallen in sin, let's confess our sins to one another, and our sins will be forgiven. God gave us a will to be forgiven, but people don't practice that anymore as much as we should because we are afraid if I confess to my brother Next time I come to church, people will be looking at me funny because the word licked of the things I did. But God is faithful in the forgiveness of sins. What does the Bible say in 1 John 1, 9? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Our God is a faithful God. I want you to lift up your hands right now wherever you are. And I want you to magnify his name because of his faithfulness. Father God in heaven, we thank you. We bless your name, King of glory. We worship you, Lord God Almighty. Your name is awesome. Your name is mighty. There is no other God like you. We give you praise, Lord. We thank you for your faithfulness. You are faithful, oh God, you are faithful. You are faithful in your passion towards your people. You are faithful, God, in your performance towards your people. You are faithful, God, in your promises towards your people. And today, Lord, we give you praise. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which we ask or even imagine, that you will do it today to your people. 
I pray, oh God, that every need will be met. I pray, oh God, that miracle signs and wonders will take place right now. Even those that are listening to us online, if somebody be sick in their body, by the authority of the name of Jesus, I command every sickness to lose you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I command every demonic power that has been rising against you to be destroyed in the name of Jesus. I release the healing power of God. Be healed from your migraine headache. Be healed from your back pain. Be healed, be healed, be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. I release the healing virtue of Jesus right now. And I pray if there be any door that has been shut by the evil one, by the authority of the name of Jesus, may every shut door fling open right now. May the doors of finances fling open, the doors of healing and miracles, great doors of opportunities fling open in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we give you praise and we give you honor. May the name of the Lord be praised. May the name of the Lord be glorified. We give you praise and we give you honor. In Jesus' mighty name, somebody shout amen. amen. Would you please give the Lord a mighty hand clap? Glory to God. We can do better than that. Let's give the Lord a praise. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah.